all I'm asking is that you review the footage. Look at the videos. In the Commission's official rule book, number 243, section B, Article 3, paragraph 2, it clearly states that the attack team member must hold a rope in order for attack to be illegal. In this case, all the American girls, they didn't do that. So, they haven't won this championship legitimately. You know, and we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! It is time for your next Wild Superheroes Review. Right, folks, this is Mr. Green, and we are within season four of Wow, and they are, ooh, what are we, three episodes in, three episodes, three bonus bonus clips, and they are uh, laying out their story. Uh, uh, if you heard the, uh, the first review, which uh, featured episodes one and two, First episode being a date with destiny, uh, the wild championship match with Jungle Girl taking on Chloe Hertz. The second episode, featured, titled "My Not My Cup of Tea," featuring Abilene Maverick and uh, Steffi Slays. And before I go any further, I want to say one thing. In the uh, previous review, I was talking about how badly they they would cut on somebody on the episodes. In the first two, they would just cut, 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 cut on, on some of the action. Uh, well, now, having sat and watched the third one, I, I do want to add one uh, amendment to that. They do cut a lot on the footage. That has not changed. But none of them, as of yet, has been as bad as Not My Cup of Tea, Abilene Maverick versus uh, Steffi Slays. And I'm, and I'm going to assume that's primarily because Steffi is a little bit of a, a novice in the wrestling world. I know she's she's still kind of training on it, and certainly not at the uh, the level that Abilene Maverick is. We know her as Barbie Hayden, former NWA Women's World Champion. In fact, there's three former NWA Women's World Champions. We'll get into that later. Uh, that exist on the Wild roster, but uh, yeah, none of them have been quite as bad as that. Uh, they still do cut hard, but. Uh, the the next episode was a little bit more easy, you know. It was easier for me to take. So, anyway, that particular episode, episode three of, of season four, is called "Out for Justice." Uh, of course, that being a play on uh, the greatest attorney in the world, Sofia Lopez, and Caged Heat, and that they they would represent the justice part of this whole story. So, let's let's review a little bit. The first thing that WOW has done when they uh, start to bring this back is that they established to you that Lana Starr is unable to wrestle uh, from some injury that happened off screen or whatever the case may be. But they did tell the story 
because they showed the clip from the Friday night fight. It wasn't wasn't part of the actual uh, full blown production. They they had the uh, the little Facebook footage that they interwove into the episode. I'm perfectly fine with that. Gave it a little bit more authenticity. I like that. Um, so they so they let you know that Lana Starr, the former women's world champion, the wild world champion, is unable to uh, sufficiently get into the ring and challenge and claim her rightful rematch, which she's upset about. Makes sense. Uh, she she blames David McClain for going behind her back. I talked about that. So now the narrative that they have going on is that Lana Starr is uh, going to do what she can to take control of WoW or, you know, get, get WoW underneath her thumb, more or less. Which, also, that's a big thumbs up for me because before it was, if you have watched WoW back in its original, in concept, you know, its original version, back in 2001, then you know Lana Starr was the lead heel, and she also was doing the same, essentially the same, not storyline, but the same motivation, where I'm going to take over the show, it's the Lana Starr show, blah, blah, blah. Well, at least now, there is sufficient motivation. You can at least look at the Lana Starr character and say, all right, I might not agree with her trying to take over the, the program, or trying to cause David McClain pain, blues, and agony. But I understand the motivation as to why she's going to do it. So, uh, so I'm, I'm good with that. So now we move on into the actual episode and, and the bonus clips. The bonus clip, first one being, is uh, Sophia Lopez going to what they have called the, the – uh, they used to call it the championship committee. You know, back in the day, but uh, I think that I think that the board of directors is what they called it here, the the women, the World Women's Alliance, or something like that. Like they 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 had to walk into this room. They had three people who we cannot see sitting at the table, uh, where she's she's uh, kind of pitching her uh, her reasoning behind why that last championship match wasn't fair and it was illegal. They won it under legal grounds. They didn't tag in and out because. The rule book says that you have to hold the ropes in order to, you know, for it to be constituted as a legal tag. The All-American girls didn't do that. Therefore, the champ they, they couldn't have possibly won the championship. So uh, that's okay. What I did not understand in that was the clear story behind the illegal tagging in and out with the All-American girls is that they used every other body part that they had to tag in and out. Like Amber would tag Santana's ankle or she would tag her butt or, you know, whatever the case may be. Now, I, I've seen where the wrestlers slap each other on the back or, you know, for the blind tag or, or you know, hand off with hand to hand or something like that. Not holding the rope seemed kind of a weak argument to me. <laughs> I, I think I would have aimed for... You know, the, using the foot, the, the lower extremities or something like that doesn't constitute a legal tag. You know, I, I think I would aim for that. Now, this this is just just me because the the rope thing, nobody holds the ropes. I, I I think I could probably go back on any given tag team episode that they have right now and like how many people, how many tag teams there have actually held the ropes when it was time to get in and out of the ring? I I don't know. It, it didn't seem like a strong argument to me, but it's the argument nonetheless. So, you have Sophia Lopez, who essentially is the top heel manager of uh, of WOW, 
who has orchestrated that the championships now have been vacated. The next bonus clip is uh, the All-American girls having a discussion with David McLean. And they kind of cut in on this one. I think it was it, it's probably a longer segment. They could have done better to, to have it a little bit more fleshed out. But essentially it was Amber O'Neill upset that we have to actually go back into the ring and re-win the tag team championships, which which is fair. That makes that makes sense. Santana Garrett wasn't wasn't quite as upset as Amber O'Neill. Dave McClain's trying to, you know, get Amber to calm down. He's like, you know what? You need to settle down. You saw the tapes. You saw the footage. The tags weren't legal. It passed. The board said that the titles are vacant. And, of course, Amber's not hearing it. She's like, I know you're not telling me to calm down and all this stuff like that. So that sets up the uh, the tag team match, which, again, uh, all credit to WOW. In uh, the few episodes that I've seen thus far, I think they've done a, a fine job and reworking the course of what WoW is. And even though the next match that we're talking about here features eh, essentially two actresses against two pro wrestlers, it, it was fine. I, I, I didn't have a big issue with it for, for what it was, you know. Uh, but it was, uh, it was about the tag team championships, you know. They, they, uh, they start off the episode – Showing some flashback footage of the All American girls winning the belts, uh, and the uh, the rematch that KG had where they lost by disqualification, and then of course they go into the whole stint about you know did they did they win it legally this that and the other and how Sofia Lopez the greatest attorney in the world has uh <laughs> has gotten the championships up essentially vacated. So now David McLean announces this tag team tournament. We're gonna have a tag team tournament to crown the new champions of the world. Although, even though they did that, they never stated one single other team that is supposed to participate in the tag team tournament. And I'm kind of I kind of question that because how many teams do they actually have? I talked about this in the last review. There are a lot of girls who were in WoW's uh, season two and season three because bear in mind, those things were taped in 2012. And a lot of them have just gone back to their, their everyday lives or their, their other jobs or picked up new acting gigs or whatever the case may be. So the other teams that they had kind of floating around is uh, Tropical Storm. Uh, the Bully Busters are still there. Uh, I think they, were, they, they mentioned Beach Patrol with Sunshine and they never – really established another girl so I don't know if that that was a team that is going to come back or at least attempt to come back but the point being is that there's a lot of people that haven't come back and the, the roster is fairly thin so I'm wondering I was like where, where is this tournament coming from is it, is it just a four team tournament is it, is it supposed to be six they, they haven't shown any brackets or named any names any, you know, any, none of that which is odd for me but I guess you do what you gotta so, we have them come out, and they had the match. Santana Garrett, Amber O'Neill, as we all know, the clear uh, experience of, of this, this, uh, this team. But 
I, I, I'm going to give credit where credit is due here because I, I, I walked into this fully expecting Cage Heat to do what they did the last time I reviewed that match. And the last time I reviewed that match, it was essentially Loka kind of carrying the bulk of the, of the load and dealt a lot of pain, kind of sitting outside, coming in every once in a while, so on and so forth. But it looks as though that they've at least made the effort to try to, try to make Cage Heat look like a tag team. Like, okay, I can only imagine somebody went back there and worked with them or said, okay, why don't you try some of these this is what you can do and when you get in the corners and so on and so forth. Because I don't imagine that they would have done that on their own, but they but they did get it across and they, they managed to uh, look like they actually had some sort of tag team continuity. The other thing is is that Cage Heat changed up their look a little bit. Slightly. You know, before they there was out there was out there in the uh, the state jumpsuits, the, the bright orange jumpsuits, you know, Department of Corrections outfits. And it was, you know, it was the full, full-fledged gear uh, in their original incarnation. Now they still have them, but the difference now is that it doesn't look like we're trying to pass these girls off to you like they legitimately just got out of jail yesterday, or or that they're some sort of, even though they say this, uh, there's some sort of work release program that allows them to come wrestle on the weekends or whatever the case may be. Even though they say that. You look at them and it's like, all right, their jumpsuits have now been cut down to where, where they're almost like hot pants. <laughs> they're not tight, but they're cut up to you know like the the thigh. They're, so they they showing a lot. They showing leg this time. All right, and the material isn't that worker material that you get in the uh, the the average DLC outfit like they wore before. It, it almost looks shiny, satiny type material on the back of the shirts. I shouldn't say shirts on the back of the jumpsuit says not guilty and it's got their name embroidered on the front and now they're wearing their wrestling boots and you can see the wrestling boots everything about them now looks and says wrestler and that this is just the outfits that we wear to come to the ring I like it I like it a lot it, it, it in the direction that wow is going in right now it suits so much better that they aren't trying to play up this cartoon role of, yeah, these girls just committed armed robbery, but we're going to let them come out and wrestle or, you know, whatever the case may be. So it, so it fits, you know, it fits. He, even though they still kind of, Cage Heat may be the last lingering thread of the, of that cartoon universe that WoW existed in, but, but they have adjusted enough to make it feel like they fit. The one thing that I was kind of concerned with with KG is that they would be somewhat like uh, Alicia Fox is on Raw today. Like, for all intents and purposes, Alicia Fox no longer fits in that roster. And I know I'm getting into Raw, but just bear with me. For all intents and purposes, Alicia Fox just does not fit in there anymore. She was hired for the WWE at a point in time where the mandate was, you look good, so we can hire you now, we can train you how to wrestle later. And it doesn't matter if you're any good at it or not because the match is only going to be like two or three minutes long. But in today's uh, version of WWE with their women's roster and them giving it a little bit more importance 
and our time and the effort of making them look good and them having strong matches, main eventing more often and stuff like that, you got to be able to hold your weight in the ring. You can't just go out there and phone it in no more. Or I, I can't be can't be half-assing it, basically. I got to be good. And Alicia Fox doesn't seem to fit in that. I was concerned that K-Sheet was going to fall into that category where they're, they're just not going to fit. Everybody else around WoW uh, has seemingly come down to being an actual wrestler, people that have indie wrestling experience or wrestled regularly over the last couple of years. These girls, we all know, uh, you know, their wrestling experience basically extends to WoW, and that's pretty much it. They wrestled in 2001. They, you know, they, they might have had 10 matches back then. And then they came back in 2012 and did it again. And, you know, they might have had another four or five. And, you know, so in, in over a 12-year span, they legitimately have less than, I think, easily 25 matches. So, you know, it, so it was a big concern for me for that. But uh, maybe, maybe part of what made this work and by no means, this was not a, a great match, but it was a good match for for Wow. You know, and I don't think you can put that up against you know the matches that happened at WSU and Shimmer and Shine and stuff like that, where the girls, you know, where they where they train day and night and wrestling is all they do. They sleep, eat, and breathe that stuff. Of course, you can't put that up against them. But just based on uh, the Wow wrestling environment, they did fine. Um, Cage Heat. Dealt a lot of pain. Loka, you know, they, of course, personality is is their primary function. They did uh, they did rather fine in that. So we get into the match. KG comes out. Sofia Lopez comes out. She's still playing the uh, more or less the heel manager role. The match starts up with uh, Amber O'Neill taking on Loka as the uh, the beginning representatives of their team. Uh, essentially. The, the All-American, well, I shouldn't say the All-American girls, Amber O'Neill tied Loke up in knots for a little bit, uh, doing doing the stuff that she's done. You know, I've, I've had the uh, privilege to be able to call an Amber O'Neill match and, and uh, have her work live. Uh, she was working Pandora. And of course, you can go on our, our YouTube channel and watch that match free plug for us. Um, but as good as Amber O'Neill is, uh the young lady that plays Loka did do her job and, and managed to uh, hang in there as far as not looking out of place. There, yes, there were some portions where she wasn't as crisp as uh, what their other opponents might be. But, you know, what, what are you going to do, man? You can't, can't expect her to really kind of uh, hang in there with them like that. The other thing was is that if you've listened to those first reviews – the standard wild match was not there. They didn't do the old twisting arm crank and let me stop down on it for a little while and all that stuff. They actually did things that made sense. Didn't walk off and start jarring with the crowd for whatever reason. And I hated Cage Sheet when they did that. I hated that they would do that. And they weren't the only ones, but they but they would always go and just stop in the middle of a match where they're supposed to be trying to win and just randomly decide that I'm going to go look off in the other direction for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> it, it was it was the worst 
But they didn't do that, which goes back to what I said before. I think that somebody sat them down and was like, look, you can't be doing that stuff. If we're going to have a match, we got to at least make it look legitimate or as close to legitimate as they can. And, and, and kudos to Cage Heat for at least stepping their game up a tad bit. Sophia Lopez did a good job outside. You know, the camera wasn't on her all that often, but she was engaged. Uh, you know, the, that that was the one of the real big complaints I had before is that the, the, the WOW girls, the ones that were specifically trained by WOW, I should say, uh, at times didn't seem very engaged, as I just talked about. You know, they, they would just randomly do stuff like, all right, let me go talk to this guy in the front row, even though I can clearly see my opponent deciding to go over there and make the tag. I'm just going to do this. But they, they, they didn't do that. They uh, cage heat surprisingly got a point in the match where they gained control. They gained it over Amber O'Neill, so they so they got the heat on her, and they started beating her up, you know, over in the corner, doing doing the in and out, the rotating uh, tags, uh, the choking her out, all the heel stuff that cage heat should have did. Even though that there is one complaint, one minor complaint that I'm gonna that I'm gonna toss out on cage heat, and that complaint is this. KG is an original team for WoW, and I get that. So they're going to get a lot more uh, clout than, I guess, anybody else. In fact, as I stated earlier, they, they may be the last lingering thread of what the original WoW was outside of Jungle Girl. And so, you know, you, you can imagine that those girls are going to, you know, that we, we have to keep KG as a, as a top-tier act for all intents and purposes. But it's almost like Casey doesn't know if they want to be babyface or if they want to be heel. And it's almost as if the commentators don't know if they want to talk about them, if they're babyface or if they want to be heel. They come out with Sophia Lopez, who clearly is the top heel manager, the only heel manager. And they have, you know, essentially screwed the, the what the quote babyface team, the All-American girls, out of the, out of the championships and force them into a rematch. Those are heel tactics. But yet they come to the ring, and while they're standing in the aisleway, I mean, you can see outside that they're high-fiving fans. Then they come in, and they do their shtick, like what time, you know, anybody got to watch on, you know, what time is it's hard time, blah, 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 which gets, you know, more or less a babyface pop. And, you know, they, they, they play up as, as baby faces. And the, the commentators like, oh, you know, they're one of the most popular teams that WoW's ever seen. But then they get into the match and then they start cheating. <laughs> so, so I don't know uh, if they have a, a, a strict designation as to what cage heat is supposed to be. I think they need to go pick a lane and stick with it. If you're going to be healed, be healed. Just don't. Don't be flopping back and forth with the thing. Go Choose one or the other. All right, I just had to get that out. Like I said, that, that was kind of a minor thing. But anyway, uh, KG did a good job. They, they, uh, they, they did manage to, to uh, uh, impress me in terms of improvement. There was one spot in the, in the match I said they, they, uh, during the course of this, they worked on Amber O'Neill, that she got the bulk of the double team. Now, Normally, when this happens, this would have constituted me saying, here they go, looking off into nowhere for no good reason. But 
They do a double team on Amber O'Neill. Double shoulder block. They knock her down. They should have turned towards her and continued on. But out from the, uh, let's call it the Wildtron or the entryway or whatever you want to call it, here comes the fabulous Lana Star, who, as we talked about earlier, she seemingly is the, the base storyline that is kind of woven through the fabric of WOW this season. So she goes strolling out through the, the, uh, the front way and briefly caught, gets a, a distraction to the heel team. They, you know, when they, when they knock Amber O'Neill down, uh, they see they, – I don't want to say they see Amber O'Neill. They, they see Lana Star. Amber makes the tag. So, you know, it, it, in that regard, I mean, and they may not have meant to play it that way, but in that, in that regard, it seemingly makes sense that, okay – we were off our game for a second because somebody else came out here and caused us to lose our concentration. So, so Amber gets over to the corner. She makes the tag. Uh, uh, Santana Garrett, her partner, comes in, and now she's cleaning house. She's doing the uh, you know the old comeback. She's she's whipping on both members of uh, Cage Heat. Lana Star, who's coming down the ringside, comes and she goes over to uh, Sofia Lopez who we saw in episode one get out of the limo that Lana Starr was in. Sophia Lopez passes her off her uh, little Halliburton briefcase. And this is where uh, we have a, a little bit of a recycled angle. And I, I don't say that as a bad thing because, uh, hey, man, it's wrestling. And it happens all the time. There are no new things in wrestling. Let, let, let's, uh, let's get that straight there. There's nothing new in wrestling, so I have absolutely no problem with um, them recycling this this finish. Uh, I want to say, what was it? Uh, Slamboree. I'm trying to remember the year. I know it took place at a Slamboree, but I, uh, man, which one was it? Anyway, it was the year that, it, it'll come to me in a second. It was the year that uh, Mongo, Steve Mongo Michaels joined the horseman and in that match uh mongo was tagged with kevin green and they were taking on rick flair and arn anderson and during the course of that match mongo's then wife deborah mcmichael comes down with the uh with the briefcase and She's saying, "Oh, you know that they it's it's a payoff. It's a payoff for the horseman." So she's basically going on about you know the, the money that's in there and, and what you got to do it to to get it. Uh, he he thinks about it for a little while and then he just blasts Kevin Green in the head with that briefcase, causing them to lose the match. So. You, you, you got uh, Steve Mongo and Michael makes the decision right then and there to uh, join the horseman. He takes, you know, he, he puts on the horseman shirt, takes the briefcase, which we saw uh, him carry around for who knows how long once he was in, in the horseman. That became like his gimmick. Um, but that's essentially what they did here. They they uh, they did the the a similar finish. It wasn't wasn't verbatim. It wasn't. Uh, I was gonna say word for word, but you know, you, you understand what I mean. They they, they didn't produce it t- step for step, but 
It was basically the same thing. You got Lana Star. She gets to she gets the briefcase. She comes around the corner. Uh, Sophia Lopez gets up on the apron. She starts distracting the referee. The briefcase gets handed over to um, the Amber O'Neill, who we've already established has some sort of connection to Lana Star, or at least they they established the heel turn of Amber Amber O'Neill. And uh, she takes it. And once Santana Garrett looks as if she's getting ready to win, she, she does her patented springboard reverse splash off the rope. But the referee's distracted. He can't do anything. You know, Death Lot of Pain is holding her up. The Sofia Lopez is holding the referee up. Amber comes in, hits her in the head with the, uh, the briefcase, and essentially tells uh, her opponents, hey, look, you got it. Go cover her. Loka crawls over, gets the cover. Even you know she, she looks like she didn't you know know which way is up, but she wins the match. So there you have it. Cage Heat wins the advance in this tournament that we don't know how many teams are in or who else is in it, but they they advance. And Amber O'Neill is pleased that she has partnered up with uh, Lana Star. Following that, you have Lana Star who is. Uh, Announcing to David McClain the the new changes that are going on in the wild course. Cage Heat's holding their arms up in victory and all that good stuff, and they get to leave. They do it. They do a little bit of a backstage uh, interview, which I thought added a nice touch to it. I said before, all of this looks like a great indie show, like a really high dollar indie show with them being at the Belasco Theater and and the lights and the rich colors and all that stuff like that. I mean, it, on camera, it looks great. And then, you know, and uh, having them have the little backstage thing in, in a kind of a gritty hallway, I thought that was a nice touch, too. I mean, everything about the uh, the show that they are doing so far, with with, with the exception of the, the, the cutting, I'm, you know, I'm not necessarily a fan of the editing. But other than that, I mean, it, it, it looks like a really polished product. So now, <clears throat> getting toward the end, Amber is going full-blown heel now. And she's in there, and she's with the... Lana Star and Lana's telling David McClain, I told you that I had a plan in place and that this was going to happen and that this is going to be the Lana Star show. This is the first step. It felt more like a actual wrestling heel angle than, uh, than most things that they've done in the past. I mean... It felt like they were getting ready to form a faction, if anything. And I thought that was that was a, a nice touch that they, they started doing all of that. Um, you know, I'm still trying to think, what the heck is that pay-per-view <laughs> that that, uh, that they did that on? With Kevin Green and Steven Michael, it is, it is going to bother me, man, that, that this – is not coming up in my head right now. Hmm. What was it? And I'm sure as I'm saying that somebody's out there shouting out the uh, the answer like I can hear you. I'm sorry. I can't. <laughs> I don't really have don't really have those capabilities through the uh, the benefit of uh, you know podcast. I, I can't hear you. Sorry. And, and I'm sure you're probably absolutely correct. 
But uh, it's a great American bash. I think it's a great American bash. It's, yeah, there you go. Yeah, great, that, 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 I think that that was it. The great American bash. Great American bash. What year? Ninety six, I think. That wait. Uh, yep. There we go. Had had to do a quick search. Sorry, I had to cheat it. So there you go. Great, <laughs> great American bash. Nineteen ninety six. Is where that that finish came from, or at least a, a version of it. The old briefcase smacking the head. The partner turns on the on the other partner. Well, that was recreated to some degree here. Now getting back to it, uh, it uh, Lana Star, who I'm gonna just go ahead and say probably is going to slide into a managerial role because clearly she's not wrestling anymore, despite the fact that she looked like she was actually out there in wrestling attire, but. <laughs> But, she, but I guess she could do what Diamond Dallas Page did in reverse. You know, he was basically a manager in tights for a little while. But uh, so she comes out there. She she gives the whole spiel about what she's going to do to the company. I just told you about that. And officially, she changes Amber O'Neill's name from Amber O'Neill to the Beverly Hills Babe. She's like, there's no more All-American Girls. She, she just broke the team up. There's no more Amber O'Neill. There's the Beverly Hills Babe now. So now you have Amber O'Neill, who has joined forces with uh, Lana Starr as her protege, as she was announced. So in the, in the storyline, we have Amber O'Neill, who has given up the, the possibility of winning the Tag Team Championships back for joining forces with uh, Lana Starr, the fabulous Lana Starr. And her, whatever her new faction is going to be, if she does have a faction. Now, there are spoilers that exist with this online because I, I think um, Little Egypt, if you go on YouTube, she, she was there at the tapings and she recorded a, a good chunk of all of this. So, you know, there, there, there are spoilers. And, and if you don't want to catch those, you, you may want to pop ahead a little bit because... The ultimate, well, I'm not going to give away who wins, but the ultimate thing here is that the, the story is essentially leading to uh, Amber O'Neill getting a championship match that uh, Lana Starr has now gotten her as a protege, and, and somehow she works into the championship match. Now, how that's going to unveil within the, the layout of the storyline, don't know yet. We have to tune in. And see, which is I'm sure what they want to do because it does end in essence on a cliffhanger because Lana Star says, Ah, I had two announcements. The first one being, of course, that the Beverly Hills babe, aka Amber O'Neill, is her protege. But then as soon as she gets to my my second announcement is music starts playing. They cut to David McClain, they get a zoom in on his face, his eyes go big, and then the episode's over. So they clearly want you to just, you know, to come back and like, oh, okay, well, this is a cliffhanger. I gotta, I gotta see what this this big announcement is. And I don't know why they're releasing them this way, but they're, they're not even gonna go a full week with the the next episode. The next episode will release in two days. So there you have it. You don't, you won't even have to wait long if you watched it at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, you know. I'll, I'm going to do something that I probably haven't done yet. I'm going to encourage you to go ahead and watch it. If you have the time, uh, just pop on to uh, WOWE.com 
and watch the episode. It's a it's a real easy uh, episode to watch. Probably less than twenty minutes, uh, which is another thing. Let, let's give Wild credit for this. One of the biggest criticisms that I had for them in season one and t- not excuse me, not season one, season two and three, was that the episodes was I mean the the matches, not the episode. The, the matches were so short. I mean, you would literally have a match that would go maybe two or three minutes long. And I know a lot of that was just to cover up the uh, the uh, the the weak points of some of the girls who couldn't go. But man, I mean, that gets annoying after a while. It's an all-girl product. What do you what do you uh, what are you trimming down the matches for? But they, they they would have to trim them down just to make the the match seem reasonable. But they managed to squeeze about a good ten minutes or so out of them here, and I think that's perfectly fine. Uh, Cage Heat did better than what I would have ever expected them to do. Uh, the storyline is seemingly consistently unfolding. Uh, you got your first major heel turn, and then you, and you got your setup for what is supposed to be the main event. So yeah, it's it's a lot of reasonable and uh, good stuff going on there. You got got to give credit what credit is due with with the Wow. So uh, thumbs up for me. Go catch it if you can. So that's it. That is the review of the uh, latest episode of Wow Out for Justice, episode three, season four. And uh, if you are a fan of Cage Heat, which I know some of you are, because I, I got some people defending Cage Heat when I talked about them in the, uh, in the first uh, episode with me talking, saying that they weren't really a good wrestling team, and they're not. Let's let's be honest here. They're they're not a good wrestling team. They're a good act, and they they've done better. You know, this video right here, if there's anything that would make me change my mind about them not being a good wrestling team, it would be this. They still got a ways to go. They got a ways to go. And it's only a matter of how much dedication are they going to put behind being the wrestling team that they can be. Because the way that WoW is going right now, they can't just rely on being a good act anymore. They got to be able to do it, build a build. They got to be able to produce inside of the ring. So they, there we have it. And, and I hope for their sake and for Wild's sake that they are able to produce and that they are able to do it inside the ring. Uh, my prediction is, is that they're probably going to meet the Bully Busters in the finals. Now how the Bully Busters get there and whatever the case may be, I don't know. But that's just my guess because, I mean, really, what other team is there? But we will find out, and we will find out together as the uh, episodes unfold. So that is it, folks. Thank you for tuning in to this podcast and be sure to catch other podcasts and interviews as I am able to acquire them. And again, great matches. You know, I gave a free plug for a while, but now a free plug for the WPN and all the matches that we have there. There is no shortage of girls that can go on our channel. That is for damn sure. So you, if you want to catch them, make sure you tune in to uh, Women's Pro Wrestling Network on YouTube. Uh, go to Women's Pro Wrestling Network Plus for our best of collection available to you now. 99 cent with a two-week free trial. Cannot beat that. Cannot beat that. So I think you, uh, if you are looking to catch girls like Casey Carlisle, Dementia the Rose, uh, Tasha Simone, and arguably her last match, former NWA Women's World Champion, uh, Tiffany Rocks, uh, Jesse Bell Smothers, and others that are on that roster. That is a great place to catch them. Some some really hard-hitting matches that uh, we got on that. And uh, you can catch that right now, as I said, on Women's Pro Wrestling Network Plus. Follow us, WPN. 
Wrestling on Twitter and uh, Women's Pro Wrestling Network on Facebook. WPNWrestling.com for our website. It's the nexus for everything that is going on with the Women's Pro Wrestling Network, bar none. So I think we have covered everything. You have got it all. So if you're going to support uh, WOW as I've instructed you to do, then also give us a like, give us a follow. It is, it is what keeps us pushing along. We are completely independently owned. There, there, there is no millionaire slash billionaire basketball owner that subsidizes what we do. It all comes from uh, you, the fans, uh, from the donations and the support that you have by liking, following, uh, the monetary donations that have come in, purchasing the product, by renting the videos, all of that stuff. Every, every last bit of it goes right back into what we're doing, what we produce. So thank you very much for that. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. And we will catch you on the next episode. So long, everybody. Thank you for listening to the WPN's Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. If you have questions or comments, please contact us via our Facebook or our YouTube channel at the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. If you're new to the WPN, feel free to subscribe to our channel and like our page. We appreciate your support.